2: 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Well, for me,
3: it's a fun time of year with uh, some of the guests who are big Cardinals fans like Scott Jennings, 97.1 FM Talk, Political Insider. We always talk politics. You see him on CNN trying to keep the gang on there, you know, sane and not getting off the rails too much. But he's also a big Cardinals fan. He's down in Jupiter seeing spring training. I just tweeted out your uh, your tweet about Nolan Gorman hitting a bomb. I think that was in batting practice. How are you, Jennings? You having fun down there? I'm jealous.
2: Oh, man, it's amazing. Every time I come to spring training, I think I should spend the whole month down here. And I usually do about a week. But, man, watching the Redbirds the last three days has been fantastic. I go out early and watch them work out. And that BP today, man, Nolan Gorman hit some majestic home runs watching him today and he hit the scoreboard and broke it I don't know how much it costs to fix the scoreboard at Roger Dean Stadium but somebody's gonna have to work on it
3: awesome so tell me we usually maybe wrap up with baseball we start with politics but let's in fact start with baseball just because I'm curious I talked with Kusumano a little bit about Tink Hence. who's Tink Hence and he blew you away today right
2: Yeah, Tink's one of our uh, big pitching prospects coming up from the minors. You know, he's kind of a a wiry sort of little guy, but, man, he throws hard. 97, sitting 96-97 today on his fastball and had a nice uh, off-speed pitch as well. Uh, Had a really good inning against the Mets today. It's the first time we would seen him. We've seen most of the main, uh, you know, pitching arsenal, but Tink is kind of one of our up-and-comers really for prospects, Mark. Uh, it's been a good spring already. Uh, Jordan Walker, I saw, hit a long home run yesterday. Uh, and He puts on a show during batting practice. T. Kent's got his work in today. Moises Gomez, uh, who had a great minor league season last year. He's been playing very well the first three games, so... The young players for the Cardinals are all very exciting. We have like a young core. It's it's this it's team could be good for a while.
3: So well, what was because I didn't read a whole lot of the the coverage from the weekend. We had Matt Pauley who's down there uh, on Friday, sort of a preview. But now we got actual games, and some of them are a little goofy. We'll get into that here in a second. How did Wayno look the other day?
2: You know, it was one of those typical Wayno outings. I mean, he got a couple of outs in the first, and then he, you know, he gave up a sort of a bloop single, and then the guy stole second. And then another bloop single, and, and then you know it was just one of those things you see Waino go through sometimes, where they're not really hitting the ball that hard, but a couple of bloopers and a stolen base, and all of a sudden it's one to nothing. He was fine; I think he's going to be fine. Um, uh, and and I, I, it didn't look overly concerning to me. I mean, he looked like the same old Wayno. A lot of great curveballs, and velocity was about the same. But you know, we, we've seen this with him before, where he gets in a little bit of trouble with a with a, some of the softer contact balls that seem to fall in against them
3: okay so what about the rules changes there have been a couple of videos that have gone around over the weekend that was the one game that was decided by you know the batter not being ready right so the umpire called the strike and that ended the game my my opinion would be and i'm not crazy about all these rules i do think that some of this is going to happen in the uh you know the start of spring training and the kinks are going to be worked out your thoughts scott jennings on the rules nice.
2: Uh, the pitch clock is by far the most intrusive, and and I don't mean necessarily mean that in a negative way, but it, it's there all the time. As soon as the ball hits the pitcher's glove, it, it resets and goes to 15 seconds or, or 30 seconds uh, if, uh, if somebody's on base. And so it, it's happening all the time. There's no reprieve. And I have seen some people uh, get called on it uh, a few times. There seemed to be some confusion at yesterday's game about it with some of the at-bats. Uh, I didn't see any violations today. I've seen three games now. But I have to tell you, it does move the game along. We had two games uh, that were in the two-hour-plus mark. Today's was two hours and 59 minutes, but that was largely because there was so much offense. It was 12-7 to seven ultimately, and the Mets changed pitchers mid-inning several times, which led to the longer game. But the games, uh, the first two games were both very fast, uh, even yesterday, where the Cardinals scored a lot of runs, so that one's pretty intrusive. The shift is noticeable. The shift, man. Oh, yeah. if, if you watch the field and you just don't see these bizarro shifts out there, um, it's it's really kind of interesting. I'm I I kind of want to like this, and and it's really noticeable that you just don't have the players running all over the field like we've gotten used to. I will say the bases, the bigger bases, they look a little bigger to me from the stands, <laughs> just a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm looking for it, but. They do look a little bit bigger to me. So right now, though, clearly the most noticeable thing people are going to see at the ballpark is this uh, pitch clock. It's it's kind of like the same thing as a snap clock in football. You know, the quarterback has to snap the ball before yeah, the right. play clock. It's very similar. And the umpire, I guess, the home plate umpire has full discretion, uh, you know, on on calling it. And we've seen, but so- the
3: the batter has to be ready by eight seconds, right?
2: Yeah, they have to be in the box and looking at the pitcher um so you know I, you know the the umpire has the clock in center field he's watching and i guess it's his discretion on whether the batter is is actually ready you know the other rule that i didn't mention but it's still laying out there is that you can't throw over to first base more than twice and if you do and you don't pick the runner off it's a bulk i've seen a couple of pickoff moves but nobody has tested it twice yet <laughs> yeah and that's so interesting I've been wondering if they're gonna if, if this is gonna turn into a strategy where you you throw over twice and try to tempt the guy into stealing and then try to pick him off, you know, on a call stealing. So we'll we'll see if anybody works that to their advantage.
3: All right, so this I want to get your impression of this because this was from a game last year, but Saturday this kind of reared its ugly head to a certain extent.
1: You saw the reaction from Arenado, and there's an ejection. CB Bucknor has blatantly missed a couple of calls in this half inning, one for each side, really, and Oliver Marmol. Has been ejected.
3: So that was at a game last year. He gets ejected. So he goes up to this particular umpire on Saturday, puts his hand out to shake his hand, and C.B. Buckner does not put his hand out. Scott, did you see that exchange by any chance?
2: I did. I didn't really, because of where I was, I didn't really notice it because, you know, they all gather at home plate, but I, I did see them all meet. Now, I tell you what I did see today. I was standing right behind home plate today, and Buckner is on the crew, uh, so that was the first game. Buckner was not on the crew yesterday. So Buckner comes out today because Ollie obviously has some things to say over the weekend, very candid things. Yeah, he
3: said, look, let me just review He said, I don't think he's good at his job, and it just shows a lack of class as a man. That's what he said after the game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a mild, a mild rebuke. And so, <laughs> and so, he, uh, but today, Buckner did shake his hand. And yesterday, I did read that Rob Manfred was at the game. I don't know. I got the feeling Major League Baseball, this is a pure hunch may have told these guys, hey, you two need to shake hands today because we're not going to put up with any more of this feuding. But by, by the way, C.B. Buckner is objectively terrible at his job. He's been terrible for over a decade. He has one of the lowest percentage balls and strike accuracy counts in the league. The dude is legitimately a terrible umpire. He's terrible at his job, and Major League Baseball refuses to do anything about it. And I think Ali Marmal deserves a lot of credit for just telling the truth about what's going on here. This
3: dude's terrible. I thought it was interesting they said they were going to investigate his comments, but maybe maybe this will shed some light on the fact that the guy is not really good at his job. Let's talk a little bit politics. I'd rather keep talking baseball. Let's talk politics here. Here's the president. Is your
2: age part of your own calculation into whether to run again?
1: No, uh, but it's illegitimate for people to raise issues about my age. It's totally legitimate to do that. And the only thing I can say is watch me.
3: Jennings, since we last spoke a few weeks ago, we've had several Republicans that have gotten into the race on the uh, on the other side. Still some questions about what Biden's going to do. You got Trump going to East Palestine and making an appearance. Um, The presidential race is still very undetermined. Ron DeSantis is not even in this. But what about the uh, the question of his age and some of the way he's handling that right now? Joe Biden.
2: Well, I mean, it's the one thing about yourself that you can't change, right? I mean, you can change your positions, you can change your policies, you can change your speeches, whatever, but you can't change your age. And the American people, if you look at all the polling, clearly are ready for something other than a Biden-Trump matchup. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're both old. I think the American people in both both parties say this. They just want a younger generation. And so I think both Biden and Trump are going to face this. Nikki Haley got some publicity, of course, for saying – uh, there should be a mental competency test for anybody over the age of 75. I didn't personally approve of that because I think there should be a mental competency test for people under 75 as well. So, so uh, you know, why restrict it? I mean, there's plenty of idiots who are 40, you know, but I, I think this is a huge problem for Biden. He'll be 86 at the end of the next term. The polling among Democrats shows that they're ready for him to move on. So I think it's a real softness for him. And Uh, There's nothing he can do about it. What
3: would you say the timetable would be on on running? I mean, the same thing with DeSantis. You've got to sort of get into this thing by the end of the summer if you're going to run, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, both of them have um, some advantage. I mean, Biden, look, if he wants to be the nominee of his party, he will be. Whether he gets in today or whether he gets in six months from today, he will be the Democratic nominee. There won't be a meaningful challenge. He'll be his party's nominee if he wants it. For DeSantis, it's a little different. He does have his platform. He's getting a lot of attention without being a candidate. But at some point, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now the man, Trump, is in the race, and other candidates are getting in. Haley, Tr- uh, uh, Tim Scott is edging towards it. So at some point, I would say April, May is when I would look for DeSantis to get in. But you know, the, the reality is he's gathering donors. He's got his book. He put out a cool video yesterday. DeSantis is already doing sort of the textbook things you would do to launch a campaign. He's just not a formal candidate yet, and he's getting plenty of attention for it.
3: And he's not taking any of the bait from Trump, who's trying to bait him into things almost on a daily basis, calling him de and all this other nonsense.
2: Yeah, pretty smart. He doesn't have to. I mean, ultimately, the argument against Trump for him is twofold. One, look, we need a new generation of leaders, and I'm it. And number two, uh, you know, you're good at complaining about things, and I'm good at finishing things. Ask Disney if I'm good at finishing. Ask the people who wanted to lock down Florida if I'm good at finishing these fights. And I think that's going to be a real differentiator between him and Trump. Who can complain and who can finish?
3: Hey, how about the lab leak story? That's um, that's just crazy talk that this thing came from a oh, lab, right? James, you're, you're
2: oh, insane if you believe that. I got to be on CNN tonight at 11 about all this. So let's just go through the the thing here. The lab leak, if you said, let's, even if you just said, hey, maybe we should look into this, you were called a quack and a racist. Hey, are these masks really effective? Oh, you're terrible if you even raise the question. Now we know the masks did nothing. Hey, maybe the lockdowns aren't such a good idea. You were called an idiot if you said the lockdowns weren't a good idea. And finally, uh, hey, maybe natural immunity is, is at least as effective as a shot, right? Oh, you were called a terrible person. Now we know all of those things that people said are true, and everything we were told by the media, by politicians, by you name it, were false. And so this is going to be one of the single biggest blows to confidence that the public has in institutions in our lifetime. Everything we were told and everything we were browbeaten over – It turns out the so-called quacks and conspiracy theorists had it right. And how can you blame, you know, I had Selena Zito on
3: the show earlier. How can you blame people in East Palestine? She's done some great reporting from there of not believing what the government's telling them on this train derailment, because I wouldn't believe them.
2: I mean, look, we've been lied to, Okay, We've been lied to repeatedly about things. This administration, the Biden administration, lies all the time. Their supporters lie all the time. And they lie about things large and small. And so if I live there, I wouldn't believe a word I was hearing. And I think the Republicans in Congress, I know they're looking at uh, doing some investigations on this. They need to get on it because I have a feeling there's things we don't know about this that we need to know. You can't believe a word. You can't trust these guys because they forfeited their credibility. They lie all the time, whether it's about COVID or even about small policy stuff. They just don't tell the truth a lot. So when something bad happens and you forfeited your credibility, you shouldn't be surprised when people uh, don't really believe what you're selling. Boy, did you hear even last week, Colbert,
3: and I think there was somebody else that kind of broke bad on Mayor Pete. That was historic. I couldn't believe it. They actually challenged the uh, you know, the transportation secretary.
2: Poor Mayor Pete. Other than my orcas, who really should be impeached over at Homeland Security, I can't think of a worse cabinet secretary right now. He's had one of the roughest rides of any cabinet secretary in modern history i mean his principal qualification for this was that he said he liked thomas the tank engine as a child so i don't i'm not quite certain why they thought this was going to work out but here we are every mode of transportation has gone haywire on
3: the. oh my i'm gonna have to tune in tonight 10 central see how the rest of the panel responds to things that are really not debatable everything that you just sort of ticked off how long are you down there in jupiter you stay in the week
2: yeah, I'm gonna stay the week and uh, catch a few more baseball games and try to try to keep this sunburn I got today from getting any worse.
3: Wear a jersey tonight on, on the television. Don't wear a tie. Come on. Are you gonna be in the RV? Is that are you doing it from the R V tonight? No,
2: they're sticking me in a studio tonight, so it'll I'll help you look like an official commentator tonight.
3: All right, Jennings, have fun down there. I'm jealous. We'll talk soon.
2: Thanks, Ryan. All reading. right, we'll see. You. Get more at ninety-seven talk.com.